Brian Nichols, you're a great man with some great ideas, a great podcast. Do you see why he's my favorite libertarian people? <laughs> yes. He's full of common sense and wisdom. Brian Nichols here on The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show, your source for common sense politics on the We Are Libertarians Network. Today I'm joined by easily one of the best of the best, Matt Kibbe. Welcome to The Brian Nichols Show. Hey, Brian. It's good to be with you. By the way, let me take a step back and say I love what you're doing. I love the conversational style, and it's a combination of good fun and serious ideas. I love the fact that your show's doing what it does, and, and this is how we win the future. The Brian Nichols Show is the fastest-growing liberty podcast that brings together people from all means of political thought as we seek to have meaningful conversations about the issues you care about. There's so many things that we can do to make America freer and the world better and safer and more peaceful. Everybody has the responsibility of trying to help to do that. You know, what you're doing with your podcast is a perfect example of, you know, you're doing this as a labor of love and for the cause, and that is exactly what we have to have. At The Brian Nichols Show, our goal is to leave the audience educated, enlightened, and informed. And now your host, Brian Nichols. Why, hello there, said Brian Nichols, host of The Brian Nichols Show. Welcome back there, folks. It's Friday, so you know what that means. It's time, yes, for another fun-filled episode of The Brian Nichols Show. And yes, of course, I'm joined by a phenomenal guest. And I don't believe that she'll be uh, a new name to a lot of the folks that listen to The Brian Nichols Show. Carla Garrick from The Free State Project. So I wanted to have uh, Carla on the show today to discuss what's going on at The Free State Project. If you're unfamiliar with The Free State Project, it'll be a great chance to learn more about uh, what they are doing in terms of their mass migration to the great state of New Hampshire to create a liberty-loving society, but also to talk about some of the the successes that they've had uh, more recently, uh, both in terms of policy, but also through voluntary interactions. A lot of great stuff happening up there, and uh, Carla is definitely the, the best person to really tell the story because because uh, she she's living it. So, without further ado, on to the show. Carla Garrick here on The Brian Nichols Show. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I got the last name right. That was the biggest part. I wanted to make sure I got your last name well, right. Well, well done, yes. No one gets it right, so you get extra points. <laughs> I'll, I'll take those extra points for what they're worth. And, and definitely I'm excited to have you in the show today, Carla, because we're revisiting uh, an organization that I am, am absolutely in love with. That, that is the Free State Project. Now, back about a year ago, I had one of your board members, Jeremy Kaufman, on the show to discuss the Free State Project. But uh, I wanted to have you back in the show today to discuss it, kind of talking about some of the newer things that are taking place. But but first, I want my audience to get to know who you are, um, because you're you're very noted within uh, the greater liberty movement, but also uh, more known so in New Hampshire for your work, um, not only with a part of FSP, but also in your um, your activism, but also running for elected office. So let's kind of start out with just your kind of introduction into politics and kind of your transition into becoming this liberty warrior up in New Hampshire with the Free State Project. Well, uh, thank you. Thank you for that introduction. And I like the term liberty warrior. I think we (laughs) all are at this stage. Um, So I'm originally from South Africa. My dad was a diplomat. So I sort of grew up all over the world. But, you know, I was in high school and in law school in South Africa during the apartheid era. What does that mean? That means I grew up under a nationalist government and I grew up in a police state. So those things sort of informed who I was. I won Mm. a green card in the lottery of all things while I was in law school. And so um, decided, you know, hey, this seems like a cool opportunity. America is the land of opportunity. I am going to immigrate to America. So my then boyfriend, now husband of 25 years. Oh, congratulations. 
Uh, you know, we literally packed two suitcases. We had less than $10,000. We liquidated all our assets. I took my, you know, books to a flea market and cried. Uh, and we moved to Silicon Valley with two suitcases and hopes and dreams and sort of made a success of life. I, you know, I'm an attorney by trade. So I started out at Apple Computer and worked for a bunch of, you know, good tech companies in the Valley. And my husband's a techie, so he did the software thing. So we did the boom and the bust. And when the bust hit, you know, in the early 2000s was really where I got turned on to sort of Austrian economics, the business cycle. Why did this happen? Why did we go from, you know, massages at our desks in the afternoons to uh, everyone I know being laid off? And from there, um, actually decided to go backpacking for a while and just sort of regroup. And during that time, I actually discovered the Free State Project. And uh, and the project itself made a lot of sense to me. So when we came back to the States after that backpacking stint, uh, we landed in New York City. It was after 9-11. We were really, really, really shocked by uh, how police statey America had become, you know, just from from sort of the concept of something as basic as remembering how we could just kind of jump on a plane and go somewhere pre 9-11. Coming back and being like, oh, my God, this feels like, you know, apartheid South Africa. There are cops on the corners. People are searching our bags to get on the subway, like all of that stuff. And so heard about the Free State Project, started coming up to New Hampshire, found my tribe, found my peeps. And, you know, we moved up here in 2008. And it's the best decision I ever made. Now, for the listeners of my show who didn't get the chance to hear Jeremy's episode, which first and foremost, if you haven't had that chance yet, I will include it in the show notes because it is a great episode because we actually discuss some of uh, Jeremy's work in tech himself, uh, talking about library.io. Um, but for the folks who maybe didn't hear the episode a year ago and you know they're listening to this episode today, what is this Free State Project? What, what is this mass migration to New Hampshire you're speaking of? Sure. So um, I like to describe it as sort of a geopolitical social movement. Um, the concept is pretty much how it started. Hey, can we get 20,000 people to all pledge to move to one place so that we have a concentrated geographic place where we could actually make a difference with regard to limited government uh, libertarian slash anarchist slash voluntarist ideas, right? And so the founder, Jason Sorens, uh, who lives up here and who teaches at one of the colleges here, uh, you know, wrote this paper, I think it was back in 2001. He was a Yale graduate student at the time. And he was like, hey, what if we like concentrated in one place? And he put it out on the internet. This was like in the olden days of the internet where people were excited about articles. <laughs> and um, and so people really responded incredibly well, and they were just very excited about the idea. And so in 2003, people took a vote about which state they should move to, and New Hampshire had made the shortlist. And then the then governor of New Hampshire, Craig Benson, he was a one-term one governor, uh, one of, you know, kind of one of us. 
he uh, he said, hey, this sounds cool. I welcome you guys with open arms. And so 20,000 people pledged to move. And over the past, you know, 10 to 15 years, uh, thousands of people have moved to New Hampshire. And it's mostly because there's this live and let live ethos. There's very low taxes. Um, there's no sales tax. There is no personal state income tax. Um, you know, so so your your government is fairly limited. It tends to live within its means. Um, and so, you know, we've been here and there's thousands more people coming. And for your listeners who are listening, check us out. You know, they can go to FSP.org and look around. And and if you, you know, if you lead as one of your prime sort of motivations of what makes you get out of bed in the mornings is liberty and a passion for sort of peace and prosperity, then, you know, this is a cool place to to come and we could use some reinforcements. Oh, for sure. It's not, it, the, the battle in the war for liberty is definitely a lonely game um, sometimes, a lonely battle to, to be battling and waging the war on because people really don't seem to uh, to appreciate the concepts of liberty, yet we're seeing the actual results of a true liberty society in New Hampshire. I mean, you're got, you guys are the third safest state for violent crime, the number one lowest for property crime, you have the lowest homicide rate, gay marriage is, 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 is legal, obviously, in the state itself, but it was actually one of the states to lead the way. You guys are doing, uh, you know, you're, you're pro-homeschooling. It's, it's, there's so much stuff that's taking place in New Hampshire that is so pro-liberty that's exciting because we always talk about what we think a liberty society or a libertarian society would look like, and New Hampshire is leading the the way and actually uh, accomplishing a lot of these libertarian ideals that we have and we're putting it into policy and it's actually helping people live lives in a more free manner. Yeah. And I think that really in the heart of it for me in any event is what, you know, what keeps me here and what makes me love what we're doing is genuinely the community that we're building, right? You know, there's that sort of, you know, loneliness of where you're somewhere and you kind of maybe even have to pretend a little. I mean, I know I used to have to at my day job just kind of, you know, nod along at whatever idiot idiotic things, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, who, you know, whoever they were mad at, whether it was Bush or Obama or Clinton or, you know, it's always someone. And we're always here saying we're mad at all of them, just, just so you guys exactly, are aware. Exactly, right? So, so that sort of sense of community where it's just like, wow, you know, like my, all my friends now get me because we have this shared sense uh, of ideals, as you said, and then shared values and principles, you know, and obviously if you're going to like up and move to, to a new place, I mean, it's, it's very pioneering in some ways, right? You're kind of saying, I, I always think about my personal story where, you know, my, my forefathers left Europe, got on a boat, went to Africa. We hung out there, you know, we were in, we were traders, the Dutch, you know, and then it was like, Oh, I had this opportunity to come to America. I went to the West Coast. I was like, eh, this is not really my flavor. And then, you know, found out about the Free State Project. And I genuinely feel like, oh, wow, like this is the place where, you know, I have put down roots. It's the first place I've ever bought a house. Uh, property is still quite reasonable. My husband and I bought a uh, like it's a four bedroom ranch, three bathrooms on a hill with a view five minutes from downtown. And we bought it a few years ago, three years ago, but we paid under 250. And, 
you know, and that's, that's, I mean, people will say that's not fair, Carla, because it went up from there and you got a really good deal and you negotiate like a crazy lady, which is all true. <laughs> but, but, you know, there were opportunities to be had. And one of the beautiful things about New Hampshire is just there were hundreds of little towns, like literally 247 little towns, and they're all different. They also have their town hall. People go on like a rainy or snowy March day and they fight about the line items in their budget for their town. So it's very participatory. And that whole concept, especially for people who are who are more voluntarist, you know, it's like, well, you know what? You can get involved on a very, very local level. And it's kind of cool, especially, you know, for more of my, my anarchist friends, you know, the I'll never vote people. I kind of had that position, but then I moved here and I was like, well, wait, I'll vote for my friends because my friends are all cool and I trust them. So there's really this sort of sense where we're building this community and people are getting elected. Mm -hmm. I mean, the first free staters got elected in 2008 and there were, I believe there was one, then there were three, then there was 12, then there were 20, you know, and, and currently now even people who aren't necessarily, you know, pledged free staters, they didn't sign the statement of intent to say they'll move here, but sort of a Liberty Caucus has developed. And so at our state house, which, by the way, is um, I think it's the third largest uh, legislature in the English speaking world. So there's like 400 state reps and 24 senators. So you have like a group of 224 people and they on average, the representatives only represent about 3000 people. So you literally will know your rep, you know, <laughs> that's really you cool. See them at, the, at the grocery store, they only get paid a hundred bucks a year. So, you know, that makes it a very much a citizen's legislature. And so it's kind of for the people who are into politics, it's also like a fun place because, you know, it feels like we can actually genuinely make a difference. And we right. have. You know, yeah. jury nullification, we cut the budget. Um, you know, it's uh, uh, the one place where we are still struggling is with the the pot, the weed, you know. But I uh, ran, I ran as an open, you know, pro-market, pro-liberty, openly for, a, you know, full cannabis legalization. The first bill I wanted to introduce was psilocybin legalization. And I got 42% of the vote for, you know, a Senate race against an incumbent. In, in, and my district swung, you know, 15% left that in 2018 because Trump. And, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, and so I'm like, you know, I might actually genuinely without lying about what I believe by just talking about the principles of liberty in a fairly palatable way, I think I'm going to win a Senate seat. Which would be so cool because you're actually getting the the ideas that we're presenting and you're, you're able to make substantive change to make the entire society more free. And that's the one thing I think you, you hit the nail on the head. You're talking about some of our more, shall we say, you know, our anarchist friends is that they usually look at anything in terms of the state as a an act of violence. But the reality is, is that in the world that we exist in currently, we are not, you know, the, the decision makers. And the reality is that the people who are decision makers are the ones who are usually anti-liberty. So it's important to, at the very least, get those people 
people out of office and at the very least put people in who are pro-liberty, but that can act as placeholders really to, to like make sure that the state doesn't get any larger. Um, but then to serve as, you know, hopefully a foil to then be that alternative liberty leading voice and hopefully start to, you know, break down some of the regulations and the red tape and, and the infringements upon our liberties uh, by actually enacting some pro-liberty policies. Exactly. And and I think what's exciting about New Hampshire and what we're doing here is this concept of actually being able to create both a marketplace for our ideas, right? So we're not sure, you know, is the tipping point going to be purely market driven? Is it going to be political? Is it going to be civdis? Is it going to be some kind of combination, which is what I believe of all those things. But then also, as we're more successful, the hope is that we really do become this beacon of liberty. Right. So right now what's happening in America is, um, you know, the socialists are on the march and they're on the march in a very systematic way where in a place like New Hampshire, where, you know, we have really, um, you know, good gun laws in the sense that they're very liberal. We have constitutional carry. We have open carry. We have, you know, you can pretty much, you know, do what you want. You can still take a gun to school if you want. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, at least to vote, <laughs> uh, which seems like the right time. <laughs> and, um, you know, so uh, I lo- sorry, I lost my train of thought. But um, no, the, well, you were talking about the the, uh, the the fact that the socialist movement in America really is it, it's picking up and it's moving forward. And you not only just like the Free State Project in general has been doing work in New Hampshire to try to, you know, to defend off the seeming the rising tide of socialism. But I mean, you personally, Carl, you've been doing a lot of work on your own. You know, you've been you've been going to your own show that you started, which correct me if I'm wrong, it was told told you so, right? Yes. Uh, which, you know, is uh, deeply ironic because I do I do feel like I'm at the finger wagging stage of my career. And I'm like, you know, we're watching all the, the left and the right paradigm and everyone's eating each other. And I just kind of feel like sometimes we libertarians are just over here being like, but we told you so. It's so true. And, and like, that's the that's the, the hardest part is that, you know, we, we often get told as libertarians like, oh, pff. You guys, you you never get to uh, to actually have your policies enacted. So what do you want? You just move to Somalia, go and live there. And then when we actually do get elected, um, or you know, not even just like get elected, even when like the people that we say are going to do bad things get elected, and then the bad things happen, and then people are like, oh, "This, how could we have guessed this could happen?" And it's like, well, you know, we've been saying this for the past how many years uh, because right. we let, knew it was going to happen. Let, let me link you to this like twenty five year old Reason article. You right, know? exactly. It's- it's insane. Uh, but what I wanted to say also with the, the socialist agenda across the nation is just sort of like it's very lockstep. Like it's not accidental at this stage. So by that, I mean, what we're seeing is across states, you're seeing the introduction of the same sort of bills. Right. And and that's why I related it to gun rights, because I know like Bloomberg, you know, goes with his little machine and they work on gun control. But then, you know, but you're seeing it. Um, you know, lots of bills that will get introduced, let's say, in Rhode Island, Vermont, and New Hampshire that are identical bills that are, you know, things like banning plastic straws, which I can assure you no one in New Hampshire ever thought about doing that or would have thought about doing it till someone came and said from outside that we must now do it. Right. And so the game here that's on is everywhere else they're able – to push these things through because there really is no resistance for lack of a better term. 
But here we do have a resistance. And so now the ground fight, uh, I hate all these war analogies, but, you know, we'll just roll <laughs> for, it for tonight, is, is sort of, you know, like it's getting really real, which is why I said, you know, we, we would love to see more signers and movers because um, they can't actually, they, the socialists, can't actually allow this little beacon of liberty to, to, to thrive because that makes them look bad, right? Like it's it's like if we have New Hampshire and Vermont next to each other, right? And New Hampshire is, is embracing more and more and more uh, free market principles. You know, we're really like standing our ground on police militarization, you know, like all the stuff, right? And then if you have the place right next to it, be like, oh no, but you know, we gotta tax and spend and and do all the bad stuff then you're going to start to see that very clearly the difference economically between freedom, which gives us more prosperity across the board and raises everyone eventually. And, you know, there's socialism, which eventually makes everyone poorer. Right. And so I think there's a very strong vested interest. Like, I think, uh, you know, the enemies of liberty have kind of figured out we're here now. Like, I think for 10 years we were kind of rolling under the radar a little bit like it was more like poking the bear and stuff and i think now that there there's actually a concerted effort with a uh, significant amount of of dark money you know that's sort of flowing in we, we we're seeing a much more active sort of uh grassroots battle you know like uh, right. there'll be these like little things that pop up at libraries where it's like we're gonna out the free staters running for you know like a, the, it, it seems more organized it, so i guess with that what is kind of like the prospects for the free state project just in general in new hampshire do you guys have some some positive outlook in terms of how things are, are coming down the line or, or are you guys kind of a little apprehensive at this rising tide of socialism do you guys think that maybe that will stifle the growth of the fsp no, I'm very optimistic, and honestly, every time there's an election, um, we we get a really good bump out of it, almost regardless of who it is, right? We're we're pretty big tents, and I think the interesting thing about libertarianism, in some ways, while people will say, "Oh, it's sort of third party and fringy," I'm like, "Is it? Or are we like kind right. of the middle normal people who are just like, can we just live and let live? Like, why do we mm -hmm. need all these laws? And can we just like, I don't care what you're doing, just." whatever right? it's funny because like i think a lot of people at their core and, and correct me if i'm wrong carla but I, I just in my anecdotal experience i think a lot of people just tend to be libertarian when they just start you start talking about issues and you say you know do you believe in you know the ability to move freely yes okay great do you, do you believe in the ability to protect yourself oh yes great okay do you believe that people should be able to engage in you know an exchange uh, for goods or, or currency you know if, if it's voluntary yes okay great and then you go through these questions and you know, say oh you know looks like you're actually a libertarian um but then right. you go to the voting booth and they're like i gotta vote for the r or the d and it's just like what what happened like we we were all on the same page like five minutes ago but then we get the r or the d next to their name and and you you go gaga for one of the two because that's what you've been spoon-fed for you know However, however many years you've been on the earth exactly and then you know add to that i think it was in i forget if it was clinton um's first or second term there was less than 50 percent of america was voting at the time i think it's back up to like 51 percent but i wouldn't be surprised if they're actually like tweaking that number because you know there's the whole argument about democracy and you know you gotta at least have i would i would argue anyway you gotta have 50 percent of the people voting if you're gonna claim that it's actually you know, democracy 
Yeah, right. And so I actually think what happened there and, and sort of more with the advent of the internet and communication and social media and all of that, they're dialing up the rhetoric, right? This whole left-right paradigm and this like, and this frequency and noise that, you know, if I could encourage anyone who's listening to this, podcasts are great, but turn off your TV or if you're still consuming anything that's sort of like mainstream views, it's like, don't do it. Like they're literally, I think, trying to drive everyone crazy. Yes. Frequency. And so every time there's the election, people kind of lose their minds a little bit and then people start looking for solutions. And what's the beauty of the Free State Project is instead of just sitting around and complaining or just feeling frustrated or feeling lonely even, it's like, no, there's an actual solution. We are going to win. It's going to be hard. It is a slog. I'm not lying. But, you know, I've been in New Hampshire now 11, 12 years. I think that long term, we are definitely on the right track. Um, and I think that as the, the the march of socialism and the malaise of it sort of spreads, like that creates an opportunity because what I hope will happen is that genuinely the people who do care about liberty will move here. And, you know, I serve as the president for the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence as well, because, you know, I do believe that we should be nullifying as much of what the federal government is doing to us as humanly possible, and that we should try to reclaim our personal independence, which has to do with health and wealth and lifestyle and quality of living and all of that. But then also our state independence, you mm-hmm. know, that, you know, that pesky 10th amendment is a pretty <laughs> one that we should talk about more. For real. Well, you know, and this is the part that, you know, I, I just can't understand is how, how there are people out there who like, I don't know, even at the very least, how they don't support federalism. Like just the idea that the federal government should be the smallest branch of government because it's the furthest away from the people. And like, let your, your localities serve you best. You know, even, and not even talking about like just independent states, just saying like from a a purely how we're going to live in our society, should, should the federal government be telling the people in Alaska to have the same standards of, of, you know, regulation as the same, the people in Florida? Well, absolutely not. It's, it's two literally alien worlds when you compare them to each other. But, you know, I think, yeah, that you say it to a normal person on the street and they get it, but then again, it just like that all turns off when they go into the voting booth. And I'm just hoping that you know, after a while, of people seeing just this nonsense that we're, we're seeing on the TV, right? I mean, you go to CNN and you can almost be guaranteed that you think Trump is the devil. You go to Fox News, you can almost guarantee that Trump is on his way to heaven right now to, to be anointed as the, the you know the second coming. It, it's like you know, there there is no middle ground. And I think hopefully we're getting to a point where people are starting to realize how bad these other t- these 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 two real sides of the same coin. Are, are, truly are and they're like they're getting tired of it they're looking for all the, the alternatives that are out there and and god bless you guys up at you know the free state project you're giving them that alternative and it you know while you have some some fsp members who maybe are more leaning right you know towards the republican side of things like they're still believing in these concepts of liberty and at the very least that's something that you know we need to to encourage more so i mean i mean i know, I know the hardest part i'm assuming and you can correct me if i'm wrong that you guys must experience is just actually getting people to physically pick up their lives and move you know maybe hundreds thousands of miles across the United States to go and set up shop in New Hampshire. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's a big ask. It's harder than selling timeshare. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, you know, and so to try and sort of facilitate that ask, we definitely, you know, we, we host two events every year. The one is Liberty Forum, and that's a winter event. And we do it in the winter. People always ask. And I'm like, well, you know, it's, it's we believe in full disclosure. We think more information is better. So, you know what? Yes, it gets cold here in the winter in the same way that it gets super I love it. hot down south. So, you know, come up in the winter, you'll see it's not that bad and much in the same way that people in gross, sweaty places run from aircon to aircon. In the winter, <laughs> we go from heaters to heaters. Exactly. Yes. I'm from, I'm from upstate New York. I can empathize. We're pretty much in the same uh, latitude line there. So I, I empathize those cold winters, but they're not terrible. I mean, it's just snow. Suck it up. I, I, find them incredibly charming and you know i i don't i'm not 100 percent sure where i fall out on the, on all the climate change stuff i mean climate does change do i think it's any of the dramatic things we're hearing probably not but you know what being in a colder place if it is gonna get warmer it's probably also not the worst thing we have <laughs> potable water you know there's lots of land uh canada's close by so all of those good things um, but really just, you know, so we do Liberty Forum. That's the winter event. And that'll be February 1st and 2nd, I believe, next year. And we're doing it um, before the New Hampshire primary, because, of course, we're first in the nation for that. Mm -hmm. And then we have the Porcupine Freedom Festival. That's Pork Fest, which uh, always takes place, you know, the late in June. I believe it's the 22nd to the 28th next year. And we already have some really cool people who I can't talk about lined up, but it's going to be super shiny and awesome. I'm making the point. I really, really, really want to make sure I go this year. Uh, I couldn't this past year because I my summer was absolutely jam packed. But like, I I think I can make it work that I can swing up this pork fest this year. So like, don't hold me to it, Carla. But I'm gonna do my best. I, oh, you know what? I I take names and I absolutely I wouldn't <laughs> hold you to it, but I would generously, genuinely invite you if you can come, come. You know, it's it's. It's a fantastic event. I mean, just literally thousands of people. We have a huge homeschooling, um, unschooling community up here. So what you'll see is a, you know, it's a family event. I mean, you know, there's a flavor of everything for everyone, but we all, you know, as we believe, you know, we try and be respectful of everyone else. So, you you know, you want to, everyone should have as much fun as they want, but also you you know, personal responsibility, but like with the kids, what you'll see on the campground, and this is up in, you know, the North country, it's beautiful, great hikes for outdoorsy people, all of that. But, you know, you'll have the free range kids and they'll literally have little badges on and they, they, within a week have formed, you know, the, it's, it's just amazing. It's a wonderful event. We have fantastic speakers. It's anyone who's curious, Highly recommend coming to to one of those. But then also, you know, obviously on social media, people can find us that way. But really, it is about the community. You know, when people move up here, some, uh, you know, a bunch of us will show up and help people unload. Um, but it is, as you said, it genuinely is a big ask. So, you know, it, but it's also... Like one of the best, I mean, it ranks as either the best or the second best in, in almost all things. So like if you care about, you know, quality of living, if you care about short commutes, beautiful nature, good water, like, you know, knowing where you're, I, I know where I source all my meat from local people that I know who are either free staters who moved or other farmers that I met, you know, so, so like if, 
you know, where your food's coming from matters to you. If you like gardening, like it's just, it genuinely is, it's, it's pretty sweet, man. You know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, correct me if I'm wrong. And and I, I'm kind of looking to where I lived up in Northern New York. It's, it's just, you know, very rural, but at the same point in time, you know, there are big cities if you wanted to get to like, you know, for me, Syracuse was a two hour drive. Um, but like, there's so much to do, especially if you're an outdoorsy person, but even beyond that, it's just the ability to get to know people within your community better. I mean, I I currently live in Philadelphia and, and to, you know, the the reality is I know maybe four people, five people on my street uh, and my street might have a couple hundred people. And, and that's, it's kind of wild when you think that, you know, within such a short amount of distance, there are so many people, but you know, you go to an area like where, you know, I grew up or up in, you know, New New Hampshire or uh, yeah, New Hampshire with the, the free state project, like you, you, maybe would have a couple thousand people in, you know, like a hundred square miles. And, and that, that's just normal. So you, you just naturally, because you know, that's the people you would most likely interact with on a daily basis. You know, if you were to, you, you get to know them better. You get to know their story, their families. And it really creates this much more integrated sense of community where truly everybody is looking out for one another and everybody has a vital role to play in that community. And the best part is, you know, you, this all happens voluntarily. Nobody's forcing someone to do something they don't want to do. And that's exactly. the best part. And like it, we're preaching. You know, yeah. Go, uh, like, like one of the things we do, you know, like we have a monthly new movers party. So it's a party that where everyone gets together and then whoever the new families or singles or friends, you know, who've moved that month, we welcome them in and we have like a potluck and whatever. But then another event we do on a monthly basis in several different places. So in Manchester, which is the biggest city where I live, you know, and, and by big city, I mean, we're talking 120,000 people, <laughs> um, right. you know, so and, and that's by far the biggest. And we're about an hour from Boston if there's no uh, commuter traffic. Um, but we'll do like market days. Um, there's there's a community center, a free stater run community center in Manchester. There's a free stater run community center in the North Country. There's one on the free coast, on the sea coast near Portsmouth. And so we have these community centers that are literally, you know, where that are open for our community where, you know, they have classes for kids. We have lectures. We do conferences. We do uh, letter stuffing, envelope stuffing, you know, outreach. Maybe we're making signs because we're going to go protest something, you know. So there's also this like uh, uh, um, within the state, we're starting to see as we have more and more people and their bigger needs and maybe someone's fulfilling even a market need. Um, So with the market days, you know, this is where you can go. You can buy um you know, your, your meats, you can buy, uh, soap, natural soaps, people do massages, you know, um, mediation services, you know, whatever. And it's just, it's, it's, it's really cool because you see, you actually see our ideas in reality, right? Where you are actually dealing with people in a genuine, voluntary, non-coercive fashion and it works. And then sometimes it's also like really hard and we're still figuring things out and people get butt hurt, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, but, you know, it's, it's exciting. And we've, we have, I think there are about 4,600 people in state. Now we're hoping to get 20,000. I don't think we'll get them by 2021, but I think as we, 
show people that these ideas work and that it makes a better, healthier society, which which is basically all we have to care about. Like you said earlier in the show, like who cares what they're doing in DC? Like that's so far removed from me, you know, but what I can control and what I want to control is myself. And then beyond that, I want to interact in a non-coercive way with people. And, you know, and if I don't like someone, then frankly, we just don't hang, you know, we just don't hang. (laughs) I was going to say, and that just seems like, Common sense. I mean, that that's just how, like, when, when you were to think about an interaction with someone, like, you think that should be the ultimate end conclusion. You, you just don't interact with that person. Whereas, like, in the society we, we live in today, you're almost you're almost forced to. I mean, like, you have to go to the DMV if you want to be able to drive a car. It's like, oh, great, you're forcing me to go into this very awkward and uncomfortable situation I really don't want to be a part of just in order to, you know, drive a car to, to you know, go to my job so I can, you know, get my livelihood. Like, that, that's that's just, it's it's insane that we can think about it in our own interactions so, so easily but then again we apply it to society as a whole or just the big picture it seems like it just kind of escapes our mind but i mean that's the value of what you guys are doing right you're being able to show what it actually looks like you show what our our you know voluntary approach to society actually looks like when it, it comes to fruition that's that's so exciting because now we can actually point to what you guys are doing in new hampshire and say look at see that when you say what would it look like right here look you know the 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 best in terms of you know you again go through the the statistics we listed, listed earlier like it's the best and and we have a verifiable you know example that we can cite and it makes our arguments even stronger Right. And and the way I've always described it over the years is, you know, I call it the Yankee Hong Kong. And sometimes like that'll shift more to like the Yankee Switzerland, I right. guess, depending on who I'm talking to. No, that's a really good analogy. But, I like that. But but basically, you know, what it, how I think about it is if we can create this sort of like free marketplace and, and you know, I'm not I'm not like super well spoken on crypto and stuff, but I did buy my first Bitcoin at six dollars, you hey, know, and I was hey. the second person who ever used like the first Bitcoin ATM. So, you know, I got my crypto stripes as well. And, <laughs> um, and I would just love to see that, you know, like if we can actually from, from sort of like a Yankee, Hong Kong, Hong Kong banking, free market, you know, and the history of Hong Kong is fascinating because basically they had this governor in the fifties who was just, I mean, his, his policy was called benign neglect <laughs> and I was like, yes, that is the government I want. You know, it's sort of like the benevolent dictator, but that's for a queen or a king. Um, <laughs> you know, benign neglect. I'm like, that's the government I want. Benign neglect. You know, just leave us alone. Just let us do what we want. We'll come ask you if we really need something. But in the meanwhile, you know, one of the jokes I always make is I'm like, you know, because people are like, but we have to help the poor people. How do we help the poor people? And it was actually in a podcast with uh, the BBC. And the woman asked me, and she was being frightfully British and very serious about it. She was like, but Carla, how do we help the poor people? And I was like, stop taking their money. Oh, truth. <laughs> I was like, imagine, I saw the thing about Andrew Yang's $1,000, um, what does he call it, his uh, freedom dividend? And he's yeah. like, imagine what $1,000 could do in your paycheck every single month. And I'm like, yeah, imagine what $1,000 would do in my paycheck if you weren't taking it to begin with. Like, that'd be great. Or, you know, 5000 or, you know, name the amount that we have taken out every single paycheck. 
Exactly. And the other question I have, whenever I hear that sort of discussion about UBI and universal basic income, and, and I see a lot of people like really sort of gravitating to it. And I, and I understand the appeal. Who doesn't understand the appeal of free money, right? <laughs> like, free money, that yeah, was our money, yes. You know, we're, we're going to have all the free stuff until we're just not free, right? Yep. But, um, but but with the UBI, I mean, I think that, you know, it's becoming a more appealing idea and, and I'm hearing it everywhere. But to your point, you know, let, let me just keep my money, uh, then we won't have to redistribute all of this. Right. Exactly. Well, listen, Carla, we are getting to the point. I cannot believe that we're already at the end of the show. So what I wanted to do was get people to number one, go and learn more about the FSP, but also if they want to, you know, see how maybe they can get a venture up to the, to the North country in New Hampshire. It feels cool to say the North country. That's where I'm from in New York, but the North country in New Hampshire, where can they go ahead and, uh, and do that? Um, so of course, FSP.org, that is the source for all information about the free state project. Uh, if people want to learn more about me or maybe like follow along on my blog and everything, they can find me at carlagarrick.com. Uh, definitely have everyone come check out the events. Brian, we would love to see you at Porkfest or Liberty Forum. So let's definitely circle back on that. Oh, yes. And, um, you know, and then just on social media, Free State Project, just type that in and like and join and, you know, subscribe to all good things called Free State Project. Love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, this is I'm going to put my little sponsor hat on because you guys sponsored the show a couple uh, months ago. And it's FSP.org forward slash join. If you actually want to go and take the venture, take the plunge and head on up to a, to a, the great state of New Hampshire as a free stater. Carla. Thank you so much for joining the show. Any last words of wisdom to my audience? Uh, not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> not tonight. We got, we got a lot of uh, words out there in, in about 40 minutes or so, so that's no worries. Liberty in our lifetime. I'll end with that. Ah, uh, man. Liberty in our lifetime, and I, I cannot agree more. So what I need you guys to do is go out and, number one, support the Free State Project, FSP.org. And if you want to become a member of the Free State Project, again, FSP.org forward slash join. And, folks, again, please go ahead and follow Carla over on social media if you can. I'll include all of her links in the show notes. And as for me, if you enjoyed today's episode and you enjoy uh, what we're doing over here at the Brian Nichols Show, number one, follow me on social media at B. Nichols Liberty, both on Twitter and on Facebook. And the Facebook is back. The memes are back. Thank God the suspension is over. So head over there for some fun memes. Um, but as for the show, if you could do me a favor, folks, five-star review would be great. But also share with family and friends. At least three family and friend members per episode. That's would would spread the, the Brian Nichols Show exponentially. So please do your part. Help us spread the word of the Brian Nichols Show and ultimately help us spread the message of liberty. So with that, folks, it's Brian Nichols signing off here on The Brian Nichols Show for Carla Garrick. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to The Brian Nichols Show. Find more episodes at briannicholsshow.com.